0: Zimmerman, Coach Z, the legend, into the Field of 68, 30 Minutes of Hell podcast. I got my new Field of 68 Media Network t-shirt, Coach. I'll send you one, no doubt. Wow, that's nice. And then my 1998 shooting shirt. Look at this thing. Go wear this as, a, as like, a, uh, like a jacket going out to a nice dinner at, at, at night. You see the buttons and everything. They don't make them like this anymore, Coach. That's all. I mean, you wore that in game. That's in game shooting shirt. That's in game shooting shirt. Absolutely. Well, free
1: game. yeah, yeah. That's. I, I remember those when y'all wore those. Those were good looking uh, shooting shirts in the in the late '90s, right there, buddy. It's got that late '90s
0: <laughs> style. That's it looks right. good. Hey,
1: but they're lightweight, man. They feel like you're wearing
0: nothing, right? Like nothing, coach. Got the big old school hog on there. Converse yeah. All Stars. So that must have been. That could have been ninety-seven, actually. Ninety-seven. Converse, with the Converse, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. And you yeah. might so be wondering.
2: Why,
0: might be wondering how I keep in shape so well. My weight. You got, you got your Arkansas Razorbacks now. Where'd you come up with that? So this right here, Steve Cadello, is a world class. Uh, he, he's a he's a he's a power lifter. He owns. Um, him and a good friend of mine, Peter Morrell, own ANC, which is a um, a store where you can go and get, you know, a bunch of supplements, protein shakes and everything. And, and he designs and makes these belts. He's a world-class belt right here. Wow. Put, put my name on My man, Kenny Kelly, got this one back in the day. So oh, doesn't awesome. fit anymore, though, Coach. They need to add a couple more loops at the end over here. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> a couple more notches. You were skinny back in the day, man. You were skinny. Yeah. Tell me about it, Coach. Tell me about it. All right, let's change the subject. Okay, let's change the subject. Right. Um, I want to start out with a recap of last season, and as you look back, uh, uh, first, um, what's the what do you think this team did best? Because they put it together. They were they were sort of a mixture of. Different types of talents. You know, you had obviously Jalen Tate was a big point guard, but it took a little while for him, I think, to find his role. Um, Devo Davis, Jay will emerges into the role, a, a huge role for them. So, uh, just looking back on last season, uh, wh- what do you think? Wh- what would you take from what this team did well on the court? Like, what was their advantage on the court? And then, as you know, um, when a team makes a run like that what is it about their makeup mental makeup that that helps them well that
1: arkansas team last year you know it goes 25 and 7 we hadn't been in the elite eight since 1995 and so it'd been a long yeah. time and that was a team that made the national championship game so the, the team just by about january most people in the state did not they thought the team was pretty good but no one knew what it could be and I thought all along that it was – I mean, they were smacking people pretty good, Pat. They, they had yeah. the right chemistry, the right players. Um, they played hard. They were – they weren't a big – they didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. And they had a good mixture. And the, and the new guys were so big to that. You know, not just the Justin Smith and the Jalen Tate, but, you know, obviously Moses Moody, who was a, you know, very calm, steady presence – didn't get rattled he played like he was 25 (laughs) years old not like he was 18 or 19 years old and he was very steady and consistent all the way through and they just had the right mix Tate was a six six point guard who was good and he wasn't you know we wasn't gonna score 20 very much but he was gonna he had a lot of games of you know 12 points and six assists and four steals and four deflections and a whole lot of good defense and low turnovers, and it was just a good mix of kids playing together, buying in, and the coaches did a good job bringing that team together. And I thought by about the middle of January uh, that it that was a team that could win the SEC. I, I did not see Alabama uh, doing what they had done. I'd seen those guys from Alabama play for three years their seniors, and they were good players. Right. But you didn't know you didn't know that Alabama was going to start off like ten and zero in the league and have this great run And you didn't. They had not ever shown any ability to do that. They had never shown that ability to do that. And now, excuse me, now you know they go on this big run, or, or Arkansas wins the SEC, and so that that's what's crazy about how the season 10 panned out. And then you go, you get beaten the semis of the conference tournament, and then. You make the run in, in, uh, in March. It was a team that stayed within what they could do, Pat. They were a good shooting team. They mm-hmm. were a pretty good rebounding team. To me, they were a very good defensive team. And, um, you know, really Coach Musselman only played for the In a close game down the stretch, he would only play six or seven guys. Right. You know, and he, he probably had about nine or ten that he, that he had an options with. And so, you know, he, he, it was competitive to get minutes for the Razorbacks. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're 25-7 and seven and you're, you're one game yeah. from the Final Four.
0: Just, just uh, a couple more things about last season, and then, and then we'll get into the, the summer and the offseason. Uh, excuse me, into this season. Just looking back on the schedule, there was no – they, they – you know, each team is going to have, you know, the dips in the season. And they had two – only two times in the season they got back-to-back losses. And, I, you know, as a coach, would you, how – you take two L's and just, like, looking at the season, Missouri, then at Tennessee, then LSU, Alabama. Yeah. Um, what? what how, how do you – as Coach Richardson would say, but we'll get into that because I know you, you, talk, you got a chance to talk to him this week. How do you stop the bleeding um, during a season like that? and you you probably remember that it was those couple of losses because obviously you're doing doing the radio broadcasting yeah. team now
1: yeah and you know the, the the game against Missouri was you know you came out of the non-conference really you know and not been tested much in the non-conference by mostly by games and then you in the covid changed you know schedules a lot and then you go to Auburn and get a big win, and that gave that team so much comp- – just smacked Auburn, smacked Auburn at Auburn. And yeah. um, then you come home and you're looking at, hey, you know, we're about to hopefully be 2-0. and oh. Missouri had gotten just destroyed in their first game at home against Tennessee, and the Razorbacks next two games were Missouri at home and then at Tennessee. So, Missouri just lost by 20 or so at home against Tennessee, and you're thinking, hey, we've got to – you know, we're – Starting SEC play here, second SEC game, first one at home. It's a Saturday, you know. We're generally we're going to beat Missouri in that game. Missouri came out and to me played probably their best game of the year and and beat the Razorbacks and it was a stunner. And um, then you got to go to Tennessee and at that time it was a different Tennessee than it was the Tennessee in March. Um, It was it was a good Tennessee in January. They they ended up not being very good down the Mm -hmm. stretch, but but they were good in March and. They were um, – they, they were – you know, you lose to Missouri at home, then you got to go to Tennessee. But the Tennessee game really helped them, Pat, because a lot of people thought they'd go to Tennessee and get, get handled pretty good, and the Razorbacks played a very good game. They lost, they,
0: they excellent lost. game. Yeah, they yeah. lost. But they, you can – as a matter of fact, I remember thinking after that game how connected everybody was. Yeah. And yep. defensively yep. – they, it, it was. It was. Although it was a loss, that that was the. It, I, I can remember thinking at that time that was the game changer for this team. It is almost like they figured out roles, figured out each yep. other's tendencies, accepted the roles finally. Um, yep. Yeah. That that was a. That was. It, it is funny, man. How how yep. you learn and you could see things in a loss yep. that actually ended up right. Really being it showing the identity of the team. I, I agree with that, Pat. We agree on
1: something because I do think that's where it flipped. Was that loss at Tennessee that they really could have won? And at that time, Tennessee was thought to be this top five team. Well, obviously, Tennessee did not turn out to be probably right. a top twenty-five team, but they they were good in January and uh, good November through January. And that loss really brought that team together for Arkansas. Then you come and then you go. You know, you, they, they 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 beat Georgia at home and easily. Georgia was not good, and and then you. Uh, go on the road for the two you alluded to earlier you know the game yeah. at lsu and at alabama and you're hoping hey you know maybe we can go there and win both these but it would be great to split you know at lsu and yeah. at alabama and
0: it was two blowouts and and, and, so and it was down. buzz saws but yeah right yeah. it was a head shaker it was a head that lsu game i i believe <laughs> lsu um made what 23s or 23 yeah. threes it was just insane and then insane. and then that Alabama game there was a they are a buzzsaw when they get rolling as you know you know and I think Moses that night Moses maybe was the only one that could even make a layup it's just everybody was yeah. just having night so not making excuses but just no the, the, yeah, the two blowout
1: losses and you know people were like oh my goodness and so now not only have you lost two in a row you've actually lost four out of five and you're thinking, and remember, this team goes 25 and seven. And wow, so yeah. at that time, you're like, okay, well, you got to get right. And, you know, Pat, uh, another game you could point to is a big, big page turner for this team. Obviously, the Tennessee Road loss, where you played so well. But when you come off that losing streak and you got Auburn at home in a midweek, and we were behind, I don't remember exact 16, 17, 18 points. That was early. It was early in the game. But the Razorbacks were getting smacked, and you're like, "Well, th- this this isn't good. It, this is going to be more of the same." And all of a sudden, they come roaring back, come roaring back, and it ends up being being you know a close game down the stretch, but the Razorbacks win. And to me, that game really th- then they didn't lose. Right. They, they refused right. to lose the rest of the season. Pat, they they look like 1990 four 95, you know, Razorbacks. They just refused to lose for that stretch. And they go on this long winning streak and they did a great job. Was the SEC, the strongest the SEC's ever been? No, but what, it was good. It was good. And you didn't have, you didn't have 10 good teams in the SEC, but you had, you had, two very very good teams that, that could make a run at the national which was alabama and arkansas and yeah. you know and then there was a couple other good good teams you know tennessee was good like like we talked about lsu was dangerous was a, was right
0: how, how dangerous was that you know lsu well they had four dangerous. super
1: yeah they didn't have any they didn't have much of a bench but they had four very good uh players uh, three of those four are now gone but they they had four really really good players you know and you know, Vandy was down. Auburn was down. A and M was was not good. You know, uh, South Carolina is always a tough team. They were very down. Florida wasn't the typical Florida, and uh, Kentucky obviously was uh, not normal Kentucky. <laughs> and the Razorbacks in Alabama took advantage of that and ran through that conference.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: man, I think most years, if you go fourteen and four, you got a great chance to win the SEC. And the Razorbacks, you know, achieve that. And uh, I think – and but, you know, you don't win the league because it was just a weird year that Alabama ran through uh, the, the league like they did. There's not many times yeah. I don't think that Alabama's going to go 17-1, 16-2 in the league. No offense to them. That's for anybody, you know. You know? Yeah.
0: So um, – to, to your point, yes, it was the combination of, you know, them in, in the season and the talent they had with a few other teams with their drop-off. Um, yeah. One now, other to things- advantage
1: of that. Yeah, that too, I man.
0: love about last season 16 and one at home. Yeah. Which, as we know, the power of the Bud sold out yeah. this year. They sold out right season tickets. So, first
1: time so- since
0: 2001. Wow. So, it's going to be rock. We, we know how valuable any home court advantage is, but really, that place is, uh, man, it's unique. Everybody knows yeah. that. You know, preaching to the choir. La- la- something else about last year you got a chance. What, what, what was your impression of Baylor? They won the national championship. We played them. Um, and I asked Devo and Jay Will this, you know, from their perspective, like they were freshmen. Yeah. The, 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 not a lot of freshmen, basketball, college basketball players, even have the opportunity to play against the national championship team. right? I think, think about, it's a, it's a, it, especially in the tournament. And right. Get good right. Mitts. So the learning is I, I can remember we we played UMass when I was a freshman in the Sweet yeah. 16. And they were Final 14. Uh that Marcus Canby. Marcus Canby, Padilla, Travieso, Dana, uh, Dana Dingle, Dante Bright. They they ended up, that was the Kentucky year with Antoine Walker and all those guys, one of the greatest college basketball teams, Tony Delk of all time. So I learned so much though from yeah. getting our butts whooped. <laughs> Thinking yeah. to myself, this is a national championship team. What yeah. what you know, so what I guess I could say is watching Baylor, watching us versus Baylor. Did you get the sense um overwhelmingly of how good you have to be and where we were in relation to Baylor and winning a national championship and getting that close?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Baylor, I think, had two losses, and, and we play them in the Elite Eight in Indianapolis. And um, we we played them. You know, we fell behind. It looked early like, like like Baylor was was gonna beat us bad. I mean it was right. they were rolling. But that that's what this team did all year. They'd fall behind. They did it several, several games. We talked about the Auburn game. There was many other games, where they'd fall fall behind 10, 12, 14, 16. You know, they did it in the NCAA tournament to Colgate. They, you know, they do it to ORU. They, you know, they they would do it and they would fall behind. And they would never panic. Coach doesn't call hardly, you know, many timeouts in those situations. And that was smart with that team because they didn't need it. And they would right. climb back. And so you fall behind to Baylor like we did. And you're like, this is going to be a much more difficult comeback. Um, because <laughs> Baylor had those guards. And their big men weren't <laughs> huge scores. But Baylor's big men were enforcers. And they were tough. And they They're snatched that well, re-
0: They were football players, Coach. That
1: one, that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat. They grabbed that football. Like I mean, they grabbed that basketball. They snatched those rebounds yeah. two-handed. Bam! Yeah. They would, they would pop that ball and they were physical inside, and their guards were really good. And they had four, to me, very good guards, and we had good guards as well. But as you said, we did have a little bit younger guys, and Baylor had them older, experienced guys, and they were a very deserving national champion. Villanova probably can claim playing them the best because I think Villanova had the lead on them with about 10 minutes to play in the game mm-hmm. or eight minutes. Um, and then we, they ended up losing to them more. We did lose to them by nine or something. They lost to them by 11 or something like that. So we all say we played them. But, you know, we never had the lead in the game. We, we never really – you know, it was, it was a tough game for Arkansas, yeah. but the Hogs fought their tails off to get back in that ball game and to make it a, an interesting game a little bit in the second half. You know, I think by the last eight minutes, you know, you knew it was going to be really hard to, to beat Baylor, and I thought they were a very good national champion. But what I like about that is Arkansas is a school that's won a national championship in basketball. And I look at these teams, Pat, around that have been winning, Virginia. Virginia yeah. can win it, Arkansas can win it, again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Baylor can win one, no offense to Baylor. Arkansas can win one.
0: You know, yeah. Texas Tech was just in
1: the national championship game, lost in overtime to, to Virginia. Uh, almost Auburn
0: won. was knocking on the door, Coach Auburn, in that Auburn. final four. we well, came Auburn. down to what, that one play that, you know, yes. it's just, yeah. So I, You're I, right, I, and I
1: think – that's good for us. That's good for us and our fan base and our coaches and our players. They can look, as you said, they've been on the floor with the national champion. They played with the national champion. They did not get blown out by the national champion. Right, in the it's got to give
0: you confidence. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. And understanding, Absolutely. learning, and again, like even going back to that Tennessee game, learning from from that loss and what you can take from it. Let, let me, because you, uh, Elite Eight as a coach when you when you were at Missouri, Elite Eight this year you with the team the entire time. What is it that, how do you keep that momentum? How, what's, so in the off season, preseason, Coach Musselman, um, how do you approach it? Do you talk about, it, not talk about, What? what is from a coaching standpoint, do you keep that momentum where it is, you know, and, and be able to break, even get further down the road to a final four? Yeah,
1: well, I do think coach will bring that up. I think he will talk about it. I think he'll try to draw strength and power from what we did before because I this team's very talented. Um, I, I'm not going to just say it's more talented than last season, but it's got more depth. He's got he's got down to 12 guys that he can put out there. He's got a lot of depth. Again, he's got some 22, 23, maybe 24-year-old men out there that are fifth- and sixth-year players. He's got older guys. I mean, even J.D. Notte, he's a fifth-year, probably a junior, because last year was free, you know. He's like a 5th year right. he's, got, he's got a couple years of eligibility left, uh, you know, you got a lot of guys that have been around a long time, Pat, and and, and I think that experience and that depth, not many people will have it. Um, our transfers are really good. I think Coach will will pump those transfers up with. We just went to the final eight. We know what we're doing. We know how to win. We just finished right. second in the league. You know, we're trying to win the league. We're trying to win a national championship. We know what the blueprint is. You got to jump on board with us. And I love the fact Coach can coach those transfers very hard. He can stay after them, whether it's positive, whatever he needs to do with them, coaching, because they're kind of on their last step. You know what I mean? They can't go go anywhere else. And that's not anything against those transfers. That's any transfer throughout the history of time. Oftentimes they're better in their second school. Now I have to correct it. When I I used to always say a a transfer is often better in his second school than he was in his first. Pat, you know that. But now you got to add third school. Now, say, <laughs> hey, the transfer is better in their third school than they were in their first or second. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that have played in three three, and four schools now. We don't have anybody like that, but there's a right. lot of older guys that have played in three or four places. And I'm still waiting on the fifth-year senior to that's going to be playing at his fifth year, fifth school in, in five years. That's going to happen. And I'm, <laughs> I'm anxious to see who that is, who that young man will be. Um, but It's, but it's probably coming soon. It will be coming soon. Let me ask you
0: this from a coach's standpoint. Like you, when you get a guy as a freshman, he's a blank slate. He always only had one coach, to your point, one college coach. Everything you've been preaching to him through the recruiting process, you get him on campus, it's one message, this is how we do it. Now you add in a 22-year-old guy who is on his third school, his third coaching staff, maybe even his fourth if one of his previous ones got fired. Yeah, <laughs> now he's not a blank slate. He's, you know, he's like me. thinks he knows everything. Okay, right. <laughs> so um, from a coach's standpoint, what's that? What's that conversation like when you get him on campus?
1: Well, I think that you know, coach knows how to recruit those guys, and he, he he's really good at it saying to bringing these old guys in that have experience and have been around the block, as you say. And now you got to buy in here. You don't have anywhere else to go. You're
0: coming in here, and they're desperate. Be- they're desperate, right? To make no, it happen, I, in a good I, way, I in a good
1: I, way. Yeah, I think they're kind of – they need to be – there's a difference between well, – but there's a difference between a freshman Pat Bradley or Kareem Reed and a senior Pat Bradley. Right, and Kareem right. Reed. You're You're a little bit more serious. When you, when you lose a tough game as a freshman, it upsets you, but you know you've got the rest of that season and three more seasons to go. Right. Now, when you lose that game as a senior, you don't have that game again. It's gone. And so – you know, I think those older guys, he can really, you know, be really good with the older guys. And, and that's not just Coach Musman. That's a lot of coaches around the country use that as their benefit and that these guys don't have anywhere to go. Now, this is their
0: last year. They're in their sixth year. And you be year. honest with them. Just like what it you can, said. Yeah. If it was me at that stage of my – because I remember, I, you know, Coach Richardson sat me down right there beginning my senior year, and he was he was like, son, what are you going to do with your life when you get out of here? And, you know, I'm thinking – in the back of my mind, I'm like, coach, I won't play in the NBA for 25 years. You know, sure. That- <laughs> yeah. So um, that's it. That's but, right. and that- but he knew I was in that. I was in that mode of my time is running out. Pat, you better get serious. You've got to be coachable. I'm trying to help you. And he said it multiple times through that year. I just, you know, sometimes yeah. got, a, got a thick head. You know, and, and but I can see how a coach like Coach Musselman can reach out to these older guys who've been around and explain to them. I know I know the recipe for you to be successful, um, right. and he's he's just he's excellent at that man. I, I really think he is. Yeah,
1: that that's that's a, that's a strength that he has. And then you know he can really he could talk a lot of NBA stuff with him. And right. that, you know as you said, you talked about hey I wanted to play in the NBA. And, and all good players do at this level. This is a this is a high level of college. Basketball. I would
0: argue everybody, even the walk-ons, want to play in the NBA. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. And it's everyone's and, goal.
1: That's everyone's goal. That's everyone's dream. You know, and mm-hmm. and you have to play with that kind of swagger and that kind of confidence as a college basketball player, or you'll get ate up. You know, if you walk out there and say, "Hey, I'm just kind of." fortunate to be here I just want to be a good player here in Arkansas I want to help us and then I'm going to go start my career you know doing this or selling this or going to whatever it, it'd be tough because people can sense that you know everyone's got to play with that although I think,
0: this although, I think th- the first person who told me that our great friend Blake Eds, I yeah. saw him I saw him a senior year he said I said how's it going Blake yeah that's going all right I go well, you know what you, what have you been up to As you know workouts going he goes ah he goes when I, when I graduate I'm trading in these basketball shoes for a pair of wingtips yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he did yeah. that's what did. he did and he's, he's smart a he's a lot smarter than, than you know 99 of us for for Absolutely. recognizing
1: that and 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 he's had a he's had a really good career with what he's done yeah he's a lot like you and you know he was a guy that coach nolan Richardson found he wasn't from arkansas and he was a young man that was you know you're from massachusetts he's from alabama obviously it's a lot easier to find someone from alabama if you're coaching in arkansas than it is to find somebody in everett massachusetts (laughs) but but you know, and he brings those in, and both of y'all did so well with that and had great after-basketball success and professional careers, and that's one thing that this university, a lot of schools do, this university especially does because they want to take care of their of their people, and you know that firsthand, and and uh, that, that's a that's a positive we have. You know, and I think Coach really, back to Coach Musselman and what he does with them, I think he can do a lot of stuff up with the NBA because he's been an NBA head coach, an NBA assistant, right. I mean, he's been around the block, and he he knows the NBA game, and he could talk to them about the NBA different than than I can, or you can, or someone yeah. that hadn't spent so many years in the NBA, you know. And so I think that that helps. That helps, and those kids have that dream. Yeah. You know? and, and and now now at Arkansas, it's a greater opportunity for him to do that because he can recruit a higher caliber kid than he could when he was in Nevada. And so now he can get these elite five-star, four-star guys, McDonald's All-Americans, and he can get the best transfers because he has that reputation of, you know, you're going to do great. Not not every transfer he's brought in has been a home run, but some of them have been grand slams, (laughs) you know. And, and so you got, you got to hope that I'm the one coming in here as a transfer that's going to hit the grand slam and, and be able to help us like Justin Smith did or, or, or Jalen Tate did, yeah. you know, J.D. Notay. People really – that's a trade. He wasn't a, he wasn't a graduate transfer, but he's a transfer. And J.D. Notay, uh, he is dynamite, dynamite. One of, the, one, of the,
0: one, of the, one of the better – would you say – I don't want to use – like people here one-on-one and, and they – but one of the better break-you-down – on the dribble guards in college basketball,
1: absolutely. Who's better? I mean, maybe there's somebody yeah. better going off the dribble than him. Um, I, I haven't seen him. He, I think he will lead. Knock on wood. Not trying to put pressure on him. You know, I'm not trying to tell him you have to score twenty, but uh, he's a great driver of the ball and he can shoot. I yeah. think he leads the SEC in scoring, well, and one reason for that is because of his coach. Because you know, Coach Musselman's not going to play J.D. Note twenty minutes. He's not going to play him seventeen minutes. He's not gonna play him 22 minutes, Pat. You know that he's gonna play him about 30. The other day we played North Texas in an exhibition. He played almost 37 minutes. That's yeah, I'm what he's at that play.
0: Box going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know, and if you you know if you're getting almost 37 minutes and you're a great scorer, yeah. who's gonna outscore you in the league? He might, sure. you know, I'm not saying he leads the country in scoring. That would probably be somebody from a smaller, mid, mid-major to a low but major if you can get the,
0: if you get 18, 19, 18 to 20, that leads the SEC most years. Yeah. I mean most last years. last year the kid Cam uh, Cam Thomas was yeah. just, I mean, yeah. you know, averaging what, 22, 23s? Yeah, not, that's not, 22, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cam was a little dumb. bit
1: different. And, and um, Cam, you know, it'll be interesting, though. I just think that he's got that ability and, and the stuff he can do. Thank you very much. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. I owe you one. where you I get, get a nice he,
0: coffee, Coach? I got my coffee No, No, that was,
1: that was Scott Verity, the executive director of the Razorback Foundation, and I wanted to get a – I needed to get a football sign for my friend, and that's uh, that's a good supporter of the Razorbacks named Sylvia. Uh and wow. so and it's got to Sylvia on it it's from Coach Sam Pittman.
0: So wow Coach
1: Pitt. doing that for me. Yeah, wow. Coach Sam Pittman. I could scratch off Sylvia and put to Hunter and to Pat Bradley <laughs> and send it to y'all. And, and uh and Sylvia Brazil would never even know. She lives <laughs> in Hot Springs, Arkansas.
0: Yeah. Oh, good old hot springs! I can't wait to get back there, Coach. Yeah. Coach, you better hide that under your desk, man. Now everybody knows where it's, where it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash. Money with their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. A.J. Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins, and North Carolina's Shaman Williams, and Michigan's Sue Douglas, and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now, so hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football.
0: Hey, all right, I want to ask you, um, J.D. Note, uh, great Guy off the dribble, break down the defense, create his own shot. We know how valuable that is when plays break down. Uh, you need somebody that can do that. Coach Musa had talked about how Chris likes the transfer from Miami. Yeah. Is similar to that. Mm-hmm. And I had got a chance, just obviously, he was hurt last year. So. A little bit, I've been able to watch some some video, but with him, is he similar to that? We can break it down and score. Is that his type of game? Is he a traditional point guard? How do you see his role?
1: Well, his role is going to be score number two, a score uh, ignite, uh, not quite to the level of JD, but 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 very good. He's only maybe five eight, five nine, and he's but Pat, he he probably can't go in the gym like you can and shoot a thousand good. Quality shots in rhythm. Bang, 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 bang. You know, we we coached a kid at Missouri on our final eighteen. There, Matt Lawrence, and he could shoot thousands of shots, barely break a sweat because he had a rhythmic shot. And, and this young man jumps about this high off the ground <laughs> on every shot. It's hard to go out there and shoot a thousand shots when yeah, you're jumping right. four feet in the air. It's a good he point. Can really, Pat. He can explode. And he wow. can drive the basketball. He's he can he's really, really good. He finished with his right hand, finished with his left hand. He's an attack guard, but he mixes in all these variations of hard stepbacks, pullbacks, mm-hmm. and pump fakes, step back and boom. And he and he's so quick and he's he's like this little running back. He's like, it's like trying to tackle Barry Sanders, trying to keep his <laughs> yeah, right, likes right. in front of you. And he's just bouncing everywhere, and he's stepping back, and he's doing these different things. And he's shown an ability to get to the free throw line because he's just so hard to handle. And, you know, a big 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", SEC guard, he's not going to be in love with running around chasing a 5'8", water bug. You know, that's not fun. And not only – and this ain't a little guy. I mean, he's he's strong. Strong, I mean, yeah. He's strong. He's strong. And and um, he's – He's really good. He is a really, really good player and just knows how to score. I've only met one Heisman Trophy winner, I think, in my life, Gino Toretta. And we were wow. playing – Wow. Gino, Miami Gino Hurricanes. Toretta. <laughs> and, and, Pat, we were playing the Georgia Bulldogs. The Hogs were 4-0. I'm on the radio football broadcast team. We go down to Athens to play, and he's doing the game with Brett Dolan on national radio, or national radio like an XM, serious radio station. and. Right. They were in the booth beside us, and Brett Dolan, who works at the University of Arkansas, was the national media play-by-play guy. Uh, he'd done he'd done play-by-play for the Houston Astros for years, got a pretty good national reputation. So Brett's waving at me to come over. This is like an hour before the game, hour and a half. So I go over to the booth and I meet Gino Toretta, big strong forearms, big hands, oh, big yeah. big guy. And you can see how this guy was a big time quarterback, you know. And and I, I told him, I said, I think you may be the first Heisman Trophy winner. I'm not sure. I've met Darren McFadden several times, and he should have won two. But officially, he hasn't won any. But um, – and Pat, does, he says, hey, nice to meet you. And he laughs. And the first thing he said is, Man, y'all took our little guard that I loved. See, Gino still lives in Miami, and he goes to the Miami basketball games. He supports all their sports, yeah. and he sat there in the booth of a big Arkansas Georgia football game, and all he wants to do is talk about Chris likes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now he was, was mad, mad at us for taking. Yeah, Hey, we'll take it. Those are the things. You, yeah, that that's the stuff you want to hear. He, he, yeah, everything I've heard, man. It's it's uh, high praise for that kid. A couple yeah. more guys that. You got a chance to see up close uh, Stanley Amude. Mm-hmm. What were your impressions with him and his, his role? Well, we saw him a couple of years ago. He played at South Dakota. We beat
1: him in a game in Bud Walton, and um, it was in a little tournament that, that uh, we'd scheduled on the old staff, and then coaching him just rolled through it, and uh, they smacked South Dakota pretty good, but he was a good player. And then he had a great year last year. Pat, he's about six seven, six eight, with these broad shoulders, down to this slender waist, strong legs. He can jump, he can rebound. But I think what I've seen about him so far, first exhibition game against East Central, which is D- Division Two out of eight Oklahoma, we only beat them 77 to 74. We were down 14 points. We did not shoot it well, we didn't play great. but. At the end of the game, our three returners dominated the game and said, we're not going to lose. That's Jalen Williams, Devontae Davis, and Mm -hmm. J.D. Notay. They said, we're not losing. They picked up the team, and we won. And in that game, Stanley was like one for six. Had some fouls, didn't play well, kind of mishandled the ball a couple times. But you knew it was just that bad game. And we'll said, let's see how he responds after a week of practice. Now you play someone better than East Central. You played the University of North Texas, an NCAA tournament team last year. And he was – he was so good on defense. He, you know, when he, and he scored like 12 points, he rebounded the ball, but his defense, he is a physical, I mean, this is a, he's built like a Sunday is he, is he versatile defender. He's a versatile defender. He can guard inside. Cause he jumps well, he's a quick jumper, quick explosive jumper. Um, you know, he's got a little Sunday out of bio in him and uh, he's, he's, he's maybe not quite as big and quite that, he's a great physical specimen. You know, right. Sunday's almost like another level of a physical specimen. But, but this kid's going to be really good here. Older kid, been around a long mm-hmm. time. He's played a lot of college basketball. And, um, you know, when he faces a freshman, and our league's got a lot of freshmen this year, you yeah. know, Stanley, Stanley was like a freshman. When Stanley was a freshman at South Dakota playing in a pretty good league, um, you know, the, the freshman he's playing against now, he was about the eighth grade you know seventh <laughs> grade or something and, and so that that's the advantage you have with these older guys that have been around for so long and played so, a lot of
0: college basketball minutes played
1: a lot of college basketball yeah. and stanley is a tough hard-nosed guy and i think he's really he's going to be probably start all year and he's going to be a big piece to this to this puzzle for sure
0: um a couple of the transfers Audis tony yeah i mean yeah Audis is yeah Or has anyone else made an impression on you that you feel is going to be key? Well,
1: three guys, and I won't talk about them as long as we do that one. Audis, he had 15 rebounds in that close D2 game. Nine of them were offensive rebounds. Mm. I think Jalen Williams, who's a great player, uh, Jalen Williams will lead this team in uh, rebounding. And I think Audis Tony will be right on his heels. I think I can see Jalen getting about eight rebounds a game. Uh, maybe nine, eight, eight, you know, it's hard to get eight or nine. It sounds like it's not, it's hard yeah. to get eight or nine. Yeah. But, but I think all will be about at the s- seven, you know, seven mm. and a half rebound. I do Uh, maybe eight for him. They, they, they can rebound that ball and he's a tough physical defender. He's a lefty, he can make a little mid range and he can step out and shoot a three. Um, He's not a tremendous, he's not going to make 100 hundred threes this year, but he's a guy that can have a game where he makes three or you know, and, and really make the defense stretch out. Um, a kid I've really liked. He's not played great. He played good in the red-white game. He's not played as good in the two exhibitions, but he started the second exhibition. I know the coaches are really high on him. Jackson Robbins, Pat, hmm. he played at AM last year and they weren't very
0: good, right? They yeah. weren't good. And he, he, didn't play, he didn't play, play much. Did not play a lot. I, I did. I did one of the early season games, and I, you know, it was, it was. Uh, I was surprised that, you know, now right. what I'm learning about him.
1: Yeah, and he just never played a lot. He didn't get into Coach Williams' rotation a whole lot. He did sometimes, and when he did, he usually played pretty good. But he he did not get a ton of minutes there, and he transferred. He's an Ada, Oklahoma kid, and mm. was a highly recruited player. Pat, he can shoot it. He's six seven. He can shoot it smooth, fluid release. He can shoot the basketball, and he's going to have a game or two where he makes five or six. Right. Um, he, he he can get hot. He can get hot, and uh, I think that he's going to be a big part of this team with his shooting ability. I just think he needs to make two or three and get going, you know. Right. And and it's going to take him a minute, but when he gets going, I think he's going to be dynamite. And then here's a kid. He's going to be right on. He's going to be right on Stanley and right on all these Tony's heels, nipping at the heels all year for playing time. And even Jalen Williams, he's going to be nipping at those guys. Anytime they're not bringing full potential, he's going to be bringing his full potential. His name's Trey Wade. He averaged about seven and a half at Wichita State. He's another older guy, grad transfer, probably 23, 22. 20. He's tough. He's physical. he take charges. He was hurt a little bit in the preseason. He played good on the first action he's been was against North Texas. and He played good. I, I loved his defense. And um uh, He's going to be a very good pop He's not a guy that's going to average 18, but right. he's a guy that can, that, you know, he's a guy that could average six and six for you. He's a guy mm-hmm. that could average, you know, seven seven and five for you and be a key factor for this team. Trey Wade and a good player. And he's a, yeah. he plays a little physical. He's not a little. He is not little. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, and it, it'll be good. And then a guy, another transfer that he's been hurt a little bit. He hadn't played yet. Is Johnson a transfer from UALR? Johnson, yeah. Kamani Johnson, yeah. Kamani Johnson. We <clears throat> coached against his brother, Dakari, who played uh, at Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, I didn't at Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, that's his brother, Dakari Johnson's little brother. And he's not as big as Dakari, who was huge and an inside yeah. guy. But he's a little more versatile. He's inside and a little bit outside. But uh, he, he brings some some bulk in the physical style of play. And I think he's a high-energy forward that can help this team. He's
0: got a lot of players, Pat. He's <laughs> got 12 guys. Ooh. Coach, to, to, to your point early on in our conversation, you know he's going to whittle it down to seven, maybe eight. And you're waiting to see which of the guys' or the transfers are going to be the grand slams. Because you know there's going to be a couple of them, right? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, that, and that I guess that's just part of – yeah. kind of the learning process of coach yeah. figuring out who is going to step yeah. up and, and and accept their role. Uh, before I let you go, you got a chance to speak with Coach Richardson. And I yeah. talked. Uh, I did talk to him last week. What, what was the uh, conversation like?
1: Well, I went out to his house yesterday and take his basketball tickets. We do a lot of mobile tickets now. So I had to – the ticket office was, you know, Coach probably not going to do a lot of mobile. You know what right. I mean, He <laughs> ain't going to do a lot of mobile tickets. And so – we, we, we print out all the tickets for Coach, and the ticket office is great, taking care of Coach, and then uh, we get his parking pass. And he, he really don't need a parking pass because he has a sign with, that says Nolan R- Reserve for Nolan Richardson, about 20 steps outside of Bud Walton. Oh, okay. um, Pat Bradley was a great Razorback. We do not have a parking sign for Pat or <laughs> Matt or any of us, but Coach has a beautiful sign there. But he's got to be able to get in that lot. you know. And I think Coach is one of those people that, you know 99% of the people know him but every once in a while he might run into somebody that doesn't know him maybe somebody that doesn't watch sports or so we got to get him his parking pass so we can get him a lot i went out to his house and uh man he's 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 doing so well uh, you know yeah. he's he's getting older pat he's getting a little older and it's, it's, it's sad to see, you know, your parents and people like Coach Tristan get older. We all go through that, but he's m- moving good. He's in good spirits. When I called him uh, yesterday morning to tell him I was going to bring him out if he was okay. And, you know, he does a lot of care right now for his wife Rose and, uh, mm-hmm. and he's been doing a lot uh, with her for, you know, about four years where she's not been as active as she used to be. And you, and you know that, and we've talked about that, but she's, I think, uh, you know, hanging in there and fighting and doing good and, yeah. and, uh, doing the best she can, you know, and, and, uh, Coach, I call Coach, and I said, Coach, is today a good day for me to bring tickets out and all that? don't want to disrupt you, Irwin Eagles. When he answered the phone, he said, what's up, partner? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what's up, partner? Tell me about it. He said, tell me about yeah. it, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you know. I was like, Coach, I got your tickets. Okay, bring them on out. I mean, he's just so good, and we sat down in the, in the kitchen. and and and, and, uh you know that big bar he's got when you first walk in that door on the he's got that bar on the left it's like a you know like a kitchen bar area and we sit there and i said with him maybe an hour man and we just talked about basketball and he's just so Uh common sense it's like he don't have to be at every practice or every whether it's razorbacks or something else he just has an interesting mindset you know how he is about it and uh he told me something. I guess he thought I was going to be surprised. I've heard him say it a thousand times, but he said, You know, I was an outside the box coach. <laughs> he said, You knew that, didn't you? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. yeah coach. I definitely knew you was an outside the box coach. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> but that, said,
0: that that yeah, that that's one thing we we learned from him early on, is 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 really you keep it you keep it simple. Right. Um, and and you know, he wasn't wasn't it confusing you knew exactly what he wanted from him you. you know it yeah. wasn't any big exit a playbook wasn't like this you yeah. know what I mean it was just uh, it was pretty straightforward and and yeah. what I appreciate about him was he gave you a dose of reality when you yeah. first got there you knew if you did not perform on the court that's it, this, that's it. Went, <laughs> this is, you know this is your quickly and he's to he always says I'm gonna take your your son. Take him as a boy, turn him into a man.
1: That's, that's he did right.
0: that. He, he didn't miss any words, and you know those are the things you appreciate. You know, yeah, being yeah. around somebody like that that's just gonna yeah. shoot you straight.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Pat, you know, and I think you know, Coach is near an eighty, and he uh, he still got that big booming voice. You know, he, you could you could put him back in a gym, and that would be the voice that would explode throughout that arena or, or, or stadium, he he had tremendous voice and, 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 you know, really strong convictions of what he thought was right and how to do stuff right and what wasn't right and how to play and how mm-hmm. he wanted his teams to play. And, I mean, we were talking about, you know, even back to his days of middle school and a junior high in, in El Paso, coaching, you know, a lot of Hispanics there that he, you know, that couldn't that he couldn't get – they were playing against a lot of the city kids. And, and he said, I had to get – that's where he really – started a lot of pressing stuff and a lot right. of pressure because he said we weren't very good. So we had to make it chaotic for other people. We had to make it ratty. If it was a nice, pretty game, half court, everything nice and settled, then his team would get smacked. And, it, and that started way back when he was coaching, you know, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth grade basketball. Right. and, and, you know, when he coached high school, he was a successful high school coach. And then he wins a national championship at the junior college level. That's hard to do. I had never done that. And then he and then he goes and wins an NIT when the NIT was a really big deal. It's still a pretty big deal, but it's a much bigger deal than back then when there was about 32 teams going to the NCAA tournament. and
0: Right, right.
1: Then it was 48 teams going to the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, the run he had at Tulsa and then to get the Arkansas job and um, – you know, it's it's interesting what what he did and what he did at Arkansas. And then of course to win the national championship and all the success he had. It's it's well, gonna I be know, hard to top
0: that. I know you appreciate how Coach Musselman, Hunter Yurichek basically said this is, you know, we're gonna include him in, in everything. And I think, yeah. you know, I mean, coach, I mean you 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 see it every day with the guys up there, Hunter, what the excellent yeah. job he's doing and how Coach Moss is, uh, it's great to see, because I know Coach Richardson appreciates that. And and the people who, who love Coach Richardson, like us, appreciate that. Yeah, um, and it goes a long way, you know. So, Coach well, Must Hunter, you guys listening? We appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been good. And Of course, to, to get the name on the on his, on the court, which which was yeah. long overdue after the run that he had here, he did, it, sh- it should have been done, and it, finally to get that done, you know, Hunter, the Board of Trustees, and it's it's awful nice when you walk out there and you see you know Nolan Richardson's name on the court at Bud Walton yeah.
0: Man. Beautiful
1: thing to see and appreciative of the powers that be at this school for doing that. And I think it says a lot about Coach Richardson and what people think of him and legacy that he left here. And he's never left. You know, he got fired here and he never left. He stayed. Uh, he, you know, he went and coached different national teams. Uh, you know, and he, he coached in the WNBA as a head coach. He never left Fayetteville, Arkansas. He always stayed here and still here to this minute. And so I think that says a lot. And then you know, also he. You know, when Coach Anderson got let go, and that's his guy. I mean, you know, Coach mm-hmm. was, Coach played for him. Coach yeah. worked for him at Arkansas all 17 years. I mean, that's like a father-son that's been well thought about, you know, and everyone was so worried how Coach going to handle this when the coaching came. And don't, tell, don't get wrong, he loves Coach Anderson. He loves everything he's got, but, you know, but he also uh, understood how it was as a business and and how it was in college basketball. And he, he he handled it. And I think he handled it in a, in a, in a first class way. And that's not easy when it's someone you love, like he loves coach. Right. Right. uh, I I think a lot of people, uh, you know, appreciate that about how coach handled
0: it, you know, not an easy situation. Certainly not, but he, because his actions and you and I obviously both love coach a He recruited me coach me you obviously you coach with him uh but but having coach Richardson take that lead and, and and show everyone how to handle it everybody just followed into suit you know yeah. with, the, with with the situation like you said very yeah. very few people understand the coaching business like you do like coach Richardson does coach Moss coach a um so it's a, it's 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 helpful when one of you sort of kind of break it down for everybody else, you know, (laughs) understand it's not, you know, we get emotional, you know, to you, you understand it's an, it's a business, but it's emotional and you know, things happen. So I thought that was good. Um, coach, I know you're busy. I appreciate it. I love what you said about coach Musk. I feel great about the team. Um, I feel great about what coach Musk has put together and, and the strengths of it. We, we know he's, he's, uh, he understands how to get the most out of these guys, and yeah. you are the best insider we have, <laughs> Coach Z.
1: All right, Pat. Well, as you always, get, enjoy visiting with you and talking about basketball, especially talking about Razorback basketball. Appreciate it, Hunter. Good to be on with you guys, and uh, looking it. forward. Looking forward, Pat, to just a great season, and hopefully, your know, Bud Walton gonna be rocking like it was when you guys beat auburn and uh, just <laughs> you had some big wins in there you know the K- great kentucky wins the great kentucky games that you were a part of and uh, bud walton's gonna be wild and rocking from november to march can't wait